winging it baby here we are alex what's going on man how's how's the week been treating you today we had a bunch of roster cuts so i you know it's an exciting day how you doing dude we are a little bit over a week from the kickoff of the new season so freaking pumped man i just cannot wait to be watching football again had a few fantasy drafts this weekend we're going to talk about some of our eagles fantasy guys in the second half of our show today just loving it man getting myself immersed in football cannot wait to be spending sundays monday nights thursday nights just watching football man half the it's almost half of the week really um and and as you just alluded to we are we will have two special guests brian and devin from the neutral zone infraction podcast in the second half of our show we will pick their brain about uh we'll just you know, little fantasy tidbits, but but especially on the Eagles players and and how high uh, these Eagle talent players are are uh, or skill position players are being drafted. Um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, so so let's talk. Since we're getting ourselves so immersed in football, there's so many good things on TV right now. I don't know if you're watching uh, Hard Knocks with the Detroit Lions right now. It's actually awesome. Do Staley is like the most intense person in that show. If you guys aren't watching Hard Knocks on HBO, it is incredible. And Andrew, you shared something on your story the other day, and I felt so inclined. It's a documentary, Untold, The Girl Who Didn't Exist, the Manti Teo story. I want to hear your reactions from that. I thought it was pretty crazy. I remember listening to the news media. Admittedly, I'm not the biggest college football fan in the entire world, so... You know, I only kind of took what the media said and kind of ran with it. A whole bunch of memes came as a result of it. But watching this two parts, finishing in about two hours, what are your thoughts from that uh, from that documentary? So many thoughts, and I will try to keep my thoughts as organized as possible. Uh, first, just to give a little bit, bit of background, I'm not sure uh, how many people have watched. I know that it has been very widely viewed, but for anyone that hasn't watched the documentary yet, it's a two-piece or a two-part documentary on... Netflix. Uh, basically, for those who don't know about the Manti Teo story, there was this about 10 years ago when he was drafted into the NFL, his stock plummeted. He was a runner-up Heisman winner, which was which is very rare for a defensive player. He was the heart and soul of Notre Dame football, almost had this like Rudy type of story. And some, you know, part of that story was that he allegedly lost his grandmother and his girlfriend in the same day. And that became a part of his allure um you start to learn as the documentary goes on that the girlfriend was not real i'm not spoiling anything by saying that and you meet the person who was behind the catfishing um i i don't like as a whole i loved it i thought it was a great story of redemption it gave manti an opportunity to really let us in on who he is but also just like how it affected his life um, why he was naive enough to fall for it, which 
I think Manti's an empath. I, I'm an empath myself, so I can kind of like I connect with him there. Um, I especially as you learn about all of the players involved, or when I say that, it was it was this per- Renaya who now goes by Naya um, created all of these characters. Literally created like almost an entire family of fake people on Facebook. Well, they were real people, but anyway. Um, you, you, you kind of understand why he fell for it. Now, my thing as I'm watching it is like, you know, she, the person who was responsible for the catfishing, she explains or gives us a little bit of insight as to why maybe she did that. And I, I get it. Like, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people have been like coming at her and, and I, I get that. Like you, you can't forgive what she did in terms of ruining his life. Like, his stock draft fell and that cost him millions and millions of dollars. Not that money's everything, but it really affected his reputation above all else. But my question is, would she have ever turned to Facebook to try living this life as a woman if that would have been accepted in her community as a younger person? Because to me, she was utilizing Facebook like a drug and we put people in boxes. You know, it's like just because somebody is hooked on drugs because they're trying to escape their reality are they a drug addict? Is that how I'm going to identify them the rest of their life? Or do they have an opportunity to make a change and be better? Now, when you when you watched or when anybody watches, they'll have their opinions. Everybody I've talked to about this does not side with me. They think that she's like a full-blown narcissist. And I understand that as well. Um, I know I've just kind of rambled a little bit, but Alex, I, I'd like to hear what your thoughts on the documentary because there was so much. Yeah, there, there really was a lot. And and I will say that my my jaw dropped at the end of the first episode when the when the picture came up. I was like, wait, what is going on here? Um, you know, my biggest takeaway isn't necessarily inside the mind of Renaya as can I justify? Can I see? Can I sympathize? I, I I think she explains it in a way that you 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 may be able to to get that. But my whole entire feeling of it is actually what one of the sports analysts said in it is the media will build you up and then tear you down, and it is ruthless what they dragged this man through. And I think hindsight's always twenty twenty. This is before catfishing and everything was, you know, really a thing. And some of the things I totally agree with Manti on. I'm like, man, you have a demanding schedule. Somebody's there for you. But then also it's like, how do you have this level of fame where, you know, near the end of the documentary, all these people are coming up to you and you've never met this person and you've tried and it's been years so there's a lot I, and i think documentaries for me they, they outline you know there's always three stories there's going to be the side of the person telling the story the media's perception of the story and then some level of truth in between and i do think the documentary did try to in- inhibit an emotional response and i don't want to say a justification um, but I think that they were really tugging on the heartstrings and the why because of it. I just think it was wild. And, and, and I think there's a lot of opinions, a lot of thoughts. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to it, but it was, um, it was, in, it was, it was incredibly well done too. I would totally urge you all to, uh, to, to check it out. What's interesting too, is that in, in a weird way, it was a love story. Like these two people, I mean, and she explained that even though the picture was not her, 
uh, at that time, everything that she was saying or the conversations that they would have, like they really did connect. And that's kind of where it's like, you know, what is love, you know, and, and how can we define love? But it's um, like the fact that he was even like he even made mention of of playing better. Like he felt mm-hmm. like he had like their connection empowered him. And so that's why it's like, I don't know, like you kind of it's there's so there's so much it's hard for me to like, really, we, we could have an entire two hour podcast on just dissecting this documentary. So I, I think we'll we'll try to keep it as as brief as possible. But um, untold, yes, this this documentary series on, on Netflix, I know that they they did one on and one, which I'm very interested in. They did one on Malice at the Palace last year. So kind of like 30 for 30, it's going to be an ongoing series. And I love when there's just an opportunity for redemption, like you actually Mm -hmm. learn what took place and not just what the media kind of what you said before, not just what you recall the media telling you at that time. And uh, I think something that was important for Manti, I I think I had heard that he would not have done the documentary unless Renaya was also going to be in it to, to basically explain the story as it went down. Yeah, no, I mean, like, like I said, it was really well done. I encourage all of our all of our listeners to to go out and check it out. Um, I didn't really know too much about the story, so I'm I'm glad that I was able to check it out. But but let, let's jump into some Eagles news. Yes. Um, now, one thing that's not a catfish, one thing that is 100 percent true, <laughs> is the Eagles made a huge trade today. Andrew, walk me through the details of this. I really think the Saints need to stop picking up our phone calls because it just seems like Howie Roseman is robbing these guys blind every single time we want to make a deal. That and also it's like almost the same exact time as last year when we traded for Gardner Minshew, a different Gardner. So the Eagles. Jalen's and Gardner's, man. Jalen's and Gardner's. <laughs> they grow like, they're growing like, uh, grow like, what, what grows a lot? I don't know. They're growing like, I don't Jaylen's know. Jalen's and Gardner's. All right. Jalen's and Gardner's. Yeah. So Eagles made a huge trade today. Did not see it coming. Um, you know, we learned, I think, beforehand maybe that Anthony Harris was going to be getting released, which was like, okay, that's a little interesting. He was supposed to be a starting safety. So, boom, Howie does his new and improved Howie thing that he's been doing for like the last two years, wheeling and dealing, winging it, whatever. Uh, so, the Eagles have acquired safety Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Yes, sir. Uh, there are a couple other. We, we literally traded just like a bunch of late round picks. I think that there is a looks like a 2023. So, so this year it'll be a fifth round pick. And then next year, a sixth round pick, which I believe we got in exchange for the player that we received in the Arthago Whiteside deal, who also got released today. So anyway, get, there's a lot of football news. We're not going to get into anything else other than Eagles. Um, but I, this is, this is huge, man. Like I, this safety was the only real hole in the Eagles defense. And now they have a legitimate starter. He's 24 years old. He's in the last year of his rookie deal. So I, to me, that says you're probably going to be playing for a big contract. So you're trying to prove yourself. And also the last time that we got one of these cornerback safety hybrids from the saints, it was Malcolm Jenkins. So if we can get Malcolm Jenkins 2.0, I'm smelling February football. If you know what I'm saying? Anyway, Alex, Tell me your thoughts. Yeah, no, I'm really excited about it. Um, I think, you know, as soon as I saw it hit my my phone, I was, I'm pumped. I mean, y- you said it perfectly. It's, it's, it's not a secret, right? It's not a hot take. The Eagles have serious issues at safety. And man, just this entire defense is just, it just looks so good on paper, man. 
Um, and just, just adding, you know, I don't know if I'd say elite, but maybe a really good, great safety to, to the mix, young multi-year deals. I mean, man, it's just, it is just so exciting. Like, I don't remember the last time we've had like an elite defense like this. And it's looking really like we are, we are in the workings of, of that. And, and to your point, Anthony Harris, uh, getting released, Jaquiski Tart was released. I'm like, uh. How, uh, what are we, what are we doing? So the, the trade made sense. Um, we gave up absolutely nothing to get him. Can't wait. Welcome to Philly Chauncey. We're going to love you here. Uh, he's got a little bit of an attitude himself. There's a few uh, gifts going around of him being in Tom Brady's face. Love it, man. Yeah, it's, I don't I, like, I don't know, man. I don't know how to feel about Howie. I, I, he has really impressed me after it's, it's like the classic, you know, and completely redeem yourself because he has done so many stupid things, mm-hmm. but like really every trade that he's made. And, and another thing is we made that trade this past off season to get the saints first round pick next year. And so if them losing uh, Gardner Johnson makes them worse then that is only going to make our pick better. So I am very excited about this. I hope that he, I can't say that I have watched a ton of him. However, I have seen the Javon Wims. You should look this up if you haven't. Javon mm-hmm. Wims on the Bears. They get into a little scuffle, and like Javon Wims just comes up and like punches. Oh, that was him. That was him, and he like didn't even react. Dude, to it. I Maybe. love that. You know, because you know what he's doing. <laughs> he's he's talking trash. He's doing what Brandon Graham does. He's up there. He's chirping. He's getting under people's skin. He's getting people frustrated where they're making stupid mistakes. Alex, that's a Philly player yes. right there. That the is wide a Philly receiver. Player. The wide receivers coach on the Bears that year, like literally telling his all of his receivers, like do not listen to anything that Gardner Johnson is saying. Dude, I'm so excited to hear that. Because he is just he's trying to irritate you. He's trying to push you to that point. So So we got Brandon Graham and this guy chirping in defense's ears. Oh my gosh, dude. That is the best thing. It's such a Philly thing. That is such a Philly thing. It's gonna be amazing. (laughs) I'm I'm so excited. So excited. So like yeah, you just mentioned that Anthony Harris and, and Tart both gone. Um you know, so at safety, they're they're keeping Reed Blankenship, Marcus Epps, obviously Gardner Johnson, and Kevon Wallace. So yeah. I think it's going to be Marcus Epps. Not I think. I'm pretty – I'm almost 100% sure it's going to be Marcus Epps and and Gardner Johnson as the uh, the two starting safeties. Love what I'm hearing out of Epps. I think that he's yep. always been a guy that we've, like, have seen potential, but just our secondary has always been, been shaky. But it looks like he finally has an opportunity and um, – yeah, let's dive a little bit deeper into the final rosters. Any anybody of note that we got rid of today that you really thought was going to make the team? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm unfortunately I'm not really surprised. I, I think everybody wanted Devin Allen and Deion Kane to stay, but you, you look at who our starters are, and maybe the exception is is Jalen Rieger, but. <sighs> Everyone's saying you should have kept Devin Allen in in exchange for Jalen Rieger. Listen, I'm not really too big on Jalen Rieger, but um, you're you're talking about a guy that hasn't played football for several years or Deion Kane, who's running with, you know, preseason twos and he made a couple behind the shoulder catches. Like, unfortunately, that just doesn't really translate to real NFL game experience. And Jalen Rieger has had a few big plays in his career. Um, I don't think he's great. I think Nelson Aguilar is probably better than Jalen Rieger, if I'm being honest. But, um, 
yeah, so so some of the notable names that we saw, we talked about Anthony Harris, Jaquiski Tart, uh, Devin Allen waved, Deion Kane waved, Richard Rogers. It seems like he's always getting waved and getting back, bought back up to the practice squad. Jason Huntley, Kennedy Brooks, Kennedy Brooks was a name that some people were throwing around in that wide receiver. Uh, I'm sorry, in that running back position. Uh, Britton Covey, who we were really big on here, just didn't really pan out for him. John Hightower, and then our newest. Drafted quarterback Carson Strong all waived. Now, one thing to note about being waived is I think like Richard Rogers has been waived like four times already in his career in Philadelphia. These players tend to come back as practice squad players. And I was listening to Good Morning Football today, and we confirmed it before the show that before COVID, you can only have 10 players on your practice uh, squad. Now it looks like as a result of COVID, it increased to 12. And this year, 16. So I do think we may be able to see some of these guys get some playing time. Someone goes down. There's been plenty of years where we've called up Jordan Matthews and we had the legendary Travis Fulgham coming in for a few games. Um, Oh, and then also notably Greg Ward got released today too. So that was a little bit, a little bit sad to see. I feel like Greg um, has really given a lot here and has really tried to fight for a spot. I think he he, he really gave it his all. But you look at some of the names, A.J. Brown, Quez Watkins, uh, uh, Devonta Smith. I mean, it's tough to compete with those guys. Yeah, I'm actually um, – I'm a little surprised. I'm surprised that the Eagles only have five wide receivers. That feels a little light. Um, and I also wanted to make mention that the Eagles are also only keeping two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So your boy Reed Sinet. By your boy. I mean, he looked good when we were watching a couple drills during the open practice, but hasn't shown a lick of anything in the preseason. So right now, the only quarterbacks on this roster are Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew. Um, you know, I think Rager, yeah, Jalen Rager is the, the one guy that everybody doesn't want to see here. But I, I think the reality is, and I don't know how this is the case, but I do think that there still is maybe a trade market for him, even if you can get just like, I don't know, anything, a, a late round pick, um, a, a glass of water. I don't know. Take anything. Yeah. Got to stay hydrated. Um, I assume that they're keeping him as the kick returner, which it's like the only reason I w- am okay with that is like literally if he can just secure the kick and it was just like, don't even just don't bring it out. I don't want to see you returning or attempting to return kicks. Sorry. My dog is, uh, he gets very needy. And so right now, as I'm trying to go through the 53 man roster, BJ, uh, you know, this is not, this is not appropriate behavior. Um, so yeah, AJ Brown, Zach Pascal, a bunch of guys that I thought would, would still be here. So, um, I'm trying to like, yeah, I'm just like looking through here, 10 offensive linemen. That feels, that feels like a lot, but, it's like if Stoutland wants them on the team, that's the the offensive line coach. If he wants them here, I'm I'm cool with it. That dude is a genius. Uh, what else? What else? Yeah, and then there's also some few people that that made the roster too. So Josh Job was a name that a lot of people were really big on, right? So he's somebody that made onto the roster. Reed Blankenship was another uh, name that was that was talked about there. But I really think. You know, you have guys like Nicobe Dean and TJ Edwards and Kaiser. Like, I mean, th- these were people you kind of knew that were going to to be in there. So, you know, listen, it's 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 not. I think what everybody wanted. I think everyone likes a little bit of drama. Everybody wants to see Jalen Rieger get cut for Devin Allen, the the hurdler that breaks out of retirement and comes and plays football again. But 
I think the roster is fine. It's 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 within what we expected. I think a big question mark I currently have is what are the Eagles' plans with running back? Right now we have three. We have Miles Sanders, who's slotted as a starter as long as he's healthy. And then we have Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott. This is a, a small group of running backs. Uh, I did see a couple running backs – because that's another that's the thing. Like all teams are making cuts right now, so there are going to be some names available. Um, so maybe you get Marlon Mack, who kind of becomes this year's Jordan Howard. I think Kenyon Drake's another name that I heard. Yeah, um, don't get Kenyon Drake. Trust me, I, I yeah, I'm just saying. Like, there's a lot of names of guys that have had some sort of production at some point in the league that you can you can bring in. Um, but I am very curious because it does seem like we have a little bit of a uh, you know kind of similar running backs. We don't have a real between the tackle, uh, you know, LeGarrette Blunt type of type of runner, which, which I would certainly enjoy. Yeah, I um, do. I do think we are missing our, you know, regular one. It, it, it's also interesting too, when you look at a team like the Eagles that have been running a lot of tight end uh, two two person tight end sets. And you just have Grant Cal Calcaterra, Dallas Goddard and Jack Stoll. That's it. There's only three on the entire roster. Where's my boy? That Tyree Tyree Jackson, I think he I think was he's like hurt again, right? Oh, uh, is that what it was? I've just I've always had high yeah. hopes for him just because he's like a complete mammoth who apparently also is can run, even though he's like a huge, huge man. Um well that's a bummer, but I guess I guess that's how it goes in football. People get hurt. Yeah. Well, hey man, I'm really excited for the rest of the season. So I think what we're gonna do is let's take a quick break. We're going to be joined by our friends over at the NZI Neutral Zone Infraction Podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about some of these Eagles fantasy value if we agree. Um, you won't want to miss it. Thanks for kicking it with us, guys. everyone and welcome back to the winging it's podcast today we are winging it with the nzi podcast want to introduce you all to brian and devin from nzi podcast brian devin how are we doing today good doing very good thanks glad to be here yeah well thanks for joining us today before we get started into some philadelphia eagles fantasy picks why don't you give us a little plug about what your show is what your podcast is what it's all about sure so we uh we are the Neutral Zone Infraction, the NZI podcast for short. Um, we do a lot of uh, fantasy takes, of course, and through the regular season, we will also be breaking down the games, how they happen in both reality and fantasy, because I guess that is the tagline. I should say that uh, crossing the line from fantasy we are to the reality. Zone. Yes, we are. <laughs> uh, so no, it's it's very good. Uh, we are on Spotify, uh, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at NZI Podcast. And, and what days of the week are your episodes out? So the episodes are recorded early in the week. So once the regular season starts, they'll come out like Tuesday, late yeah. Tuesday. And then come so the, fantasy the, side, we're going to put them out for like Thursday, Friday. The reality football side will be Tuesdays. The catch up of 
what all the games that have happened the week before and the preview of the following week. And then Thursdays will be the fantasy breakdown and advice for the following week. I like that so, reality versus fantasy. That's, that's way, right. good way yeah. to split I mean, you guys it will talk about how much they kind of do and don't impact each other, how players differ from one side to the other. So that's kind of our goal is to help people see and relate to that. Very cool. Very cool. No, that's really, that's really interesting. Um, I will definitely need some fantasy help. I am really bad, especially when it comes down to like waiver wires and like what sorts of things to do during the, the during the fantasy football season. Um, just did two drafts last weekend, have another one upcoming this week. And that's why we wanted to bring you guys on, right? Um, I think this weekend upcoming is probably the biggest fantasy football draft of the year. And we have a whole bunch of Philadelphia Eagles that are in here. Some are ranked pretty high, and I think we wanted to break down some of them today. Andrew, anything you wanted to add to that? Alex, I just need to call you out because you told me a couple days ago that you traded out of the third overall pick to go back to pick 12. So basically sacrificing drafting Christian McCaffrey, by which by all counts is going you know, ADP second overall. And you decided just to move back to 12. Why? Just so you could have the back-to-back at the turn? Is that what your mindset was? So there's nothing less interesting about hearing about someone else's fantasy football team. So we don't got to get too far into the details. I mean, well, I'm here. really fascinated because <laughs> this isn't that, your sounds team. Like, that sounds like a good plan to me. So, oh, my so, God. So, so, so what he, is happening? Who so are he, you? Okay, so hold on. Let, let, me, let me explain it to you. So my pick was third overall. Outside of Jonathan Taylor, in my opinion, picks 3 to 14 were nominal as far as differences and talent goes. They were all ranked pretty similar to me. You cannot tell me that Justin Jefferson is going to have a significantly better year than Jamar Chase or who I got at 12, Devontae Adams, with your boy Derek Carr throwing at to him, Drew. So in my you know, opinion— I love that. In, but I'm just saying, in my opinion, the, the the trade differential wasn't there. So my first two picks, Devontae Adams, second overall, who had a huge year last year, was Nick Chubb. I'm happy with one and two. It's you know it's 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 not traditional. That's all I'm I'm saying. Uh, time will tell if this pays off. I know everybody's worried about Christian McCaffrey, so I guess I, I guess I get it in that regard. But let's talk some Eagles. Let's do it. Well, Hit us since with you're it. talking since you're talking Eagles, just real quick. You did just throw your boy Alex under the bus, so now we at least have to pick him up a little bit. He's got our quarterback, Jalen Hurts. So let's get a little excited about that. Great I do. Pick there, sir. I do. That's my I guy. do. <laughs> I got Jalen Hurts added onto the roster, and that's actually a fantastic way to kick off this segment. You're so welcome. this year, by all accounts, according to Yahoo Sports, Jalen Hurts is ranked the fifth overall quarterback. ESPN and Fantasy Pros have him at number six. Seems really high. I think a lot of people would think that Jalen Hurts isn't necessarily the fifth best quarterback in the league, but fantasy is a little bit different. Andrew, what are your thoughts on having Jalen Hurts ranked five and six according to Yahoo and ESPN? I love it. I think that that is accurate. I think that you can take any of Hurts, Kyler Murray, or Lamar Jackson and kind of expect a similar outcome. All three of them. Uh, get the job done on their with their legs, which is a huge advantage for quarterbacks. Uh, that's where you know the advantage over guys like Tom Brady and, and Joe Burrow uh, tend to happen when you have these quarterbacks that can you know rush for a hundred yards any given game, which is pretty absurd. And then when you tack on the fact that now the Eagles brought in just you know this this dude AJ Brown, 
like we have a we have an incredible offensive line. We have an electric pass attack. We might have like we've discussed previously, maybe the best wide receiver duo in the league, uh, in addition to Dallas Goddard. So all of those mm. things, yes, I think the upside yeah. is there. Uh, Brian, what do you think? Uh, loving it, absolutely loving it. Uh, love him at sixth. I actually have him closer to three or four, but maybe that's because I'm a homer. Um, I think that him being drafted, you know, sixth, seventh round is 100% where he should go, but I think he finishes higher. Um, but, you know, great, great value for where he's being drafted. Yeah. What about you, Devin? Yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, I I think if you think if you look at how um, running backs are – such a hot commodity in fantasy. It, it makes sense as to why running uh, running quarterbacks tend to be higher ranked because the points are in the rushing. Yeah. And, and, and Jalen's good for 30, 40 yards a game. He's good for yeah. one or two rushing touchdowns. It makes a ton of sense on why he has such high draft capital. And I, yeah, I will I'm, point out also, and this will help take us into our, our next player, but um Miles Sanders had zero rushing touchdowns last year. I think Jalen Hurts had 10. So when they're when they're around the goal line, Hurts is the guy that they like to just pound the rock with. So yeah. worth well, noting. Yeah. Well, lead, lead us into the next guy here, Andrew. So, yeah. So next we have Miles Sanders on Yahoo. And this uh, Yahoo rankings that we have here are all half-point PPR. He's ranked uh, number 34 uh, in running back. Uh, ESPN Standard has him at 26 and PPR at 27. And then Fantasy Pro's has him at 29 and 30, respectively. So really hovering in the late 20s to low 30s. Alex, let's take, I'd like to know your take on this. Uh, you know, Miles Sanders is a starting running back. So to see him as a borderline second running back on a fantasy team, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, but when you actually look at how high our quarterback is ranked because of his rushing potential, I almost actually feel, and this sounds ridiculous, but almost it's, it's too high. Because we can talk about position rank all that we want, but Miles Sanders is plagued by injuries, right? He's questionable right now with the hamstring injury. I think Kenneth Gainwell is actually going to be starting week one against Detroit. So no, he's not even going to be RB1 week one this year. And you couple that with our fantastic quarterback that's going to be gaining all these yards rushing. I think it's actually a little bit high. I would run away from Miles Sanders, just like I would run away from Christian McCaffrey. Once running backs start getting injured, it plagues them for the rest of their career, and you see it repeat time and time again. I think Miles Sanders could be upper 30s, low 40s. Devin, what is your take on this? I completely agree. I am not in on Miles Sanders. Um, I think he, the injuries get it for me every time, and uh, Gainwell is going 42nd. So... Seven picks wow. later, I'd rather have Gainwell. Gainwell's at 42 yeah. over RB1, who's at 34. Yep. Wow. And he's, I mean, he's the, the end zone back. He's, I mean, there's just no comparison to me. You want 35th overall with a running back that's plagued with injuries, zero touchdowns, or you want seven picks later and the guy that's getting them. Yeah, I no feel question. like we should just do a whole segment on Miles Sanders in general and just kind of <laughs> talk about like where he, where should he go? Listen, I think Kareem Hunt would be a great addition here. Go but on vacation. We yeah. all we all said that we <laughs> all love Kareem Hunt, but that's just it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, all right, uh, Drew. What is your thought on the ranking? And we'll finish up with Brian on on Miles. Yeah, I think 
I think it's fine. I will be shocked if the Eagles don't bring in another running back. I think Marlon Mack might be the type of guy that the Eagles bring in. Like the way that they have Miles Sanders, they have Kenneth Gainwell, and they have Boston Scott. Those are three undersized running backs. They don't have any yeah. running back like a Jordan Howard that they had last year. Um, but if Miles Sanders is not going to get any any red zone work, he's not really a huge pass catcher. He's had drop issues in the past. I don't really like the injury argument. I honestly feel that every running back is injury prone because they are taking the most hits out of everyone. So that's kind of just a freak thing. But I I think he's solid right around where he is. You can use him as maybe a low-end flex or a low-end RB2, but there's very little upside, especially if the Eagles bring in another running back. Uh, Brian, close us out. I uh, I will just point this out quickly. Based on Fantasy Pro's ADPs, Miles has plummeted from the 66 overall spot to 79. So mm. to be being picked 13 picks later clearly proves that the rest of the community also agrees that Miles is you know trending down. Where I do believe that Kenneth Gainwell might be one of the best late round picks there is. Um, again, I do agree we might bring in a guy, but based on what it is now. If Boston Scott's going to be doing like first down, second down, fine. But I mean, Gainwell is clearly the uh, the the PPR back, and uh, you know I'm excited to see excited to see him play. Yeah, no, I think of Kenneth Gainwell. That's actually our next player on the list here. I don't think we have any official rankings for him. Uh, average draft pick 154 has actually gone up to 150. Right. Um, I look at Kenneth Gainwell almost, and I hate, I hate, I I actually hate the comparison. Um, but I compare Kenneth Gainwell, Kenneth Gainwell almost like to a Tony Pollard, right? Where an RB2 is getting a lot of the touches and is really making a ton of impact there. I also hate to admit that um, Tony Pollard was somebody I drafted, and I tried my hardest to never draft Dallas Cowboys, um, but he was there, and the, and the value was really good. Um, anyone disagree with me? I, I think we want to talk about the wide receivers, but anyone want to do a quick note on, on Kenneth Gainwell here? No, yeah, no. I, I, I think, think we've all touched it. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all have. So let's let's go to our new toy, our new shiny object, AJ Brown. Yahoo has him at twelfth as far as rank as wide receivers. ESPN at eleven, PPR at fourteen, which is a little bit interesting that it's actually uh, lower. Uh, Fantasy Pros standard at ten, PPR at twelve. Um, so you know about that eleven, twelve overall. Uh, let's start with you, Brian. Where do you think that ranks in comparison? You think that's high-low? No, I think that's pretty much spot on. I mean, I love drafting him in the third, um, which ADP-wise at about 29, 29.2. Uh, it's fluctuated a little bit over the last six weeks, actually later, which is shocking. But no, I to get A.J. Brown in the third round definitely just makes sense. Uh, he might not be hyper-targeted like he was in Tennessee, but let's be honest, he's A.J. Brown, and he's the guy. So it'll be interesting to see how many balls go his way. But I like him. I take him in the third. Got it. Devin, what are your thoughts on A.J. Brown? Um, I do like him. I, I like him where he's going. I don't want to s- say he was hyper-targeted in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. He has never been on a pass-first team. And we all know the Eagles really are, are in the middle of where they want to go here. Mm. But I think as far as those quick dump-off plays, I think um, – AJ Brown is going to see a lot of those quick, quick passes. And we all know they add up in fantasy very quickly. Yeah. I, I think um, I agree with you on that. I, I, I think that there is going to be something said about this chemistry 
between AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts that we're really going to see a lot of. Uh, even at open practice, right? A one-to-one ball is a little bit uncanny for for Jalen Hurts to see a lot of that. So um, I do think we will see more of that. I think 12 is actually a little bit high. I think maybe like 14, 15 is more on par with, with where I see him just because it, it's, it's difficult. He's coming into a new team, new environment. Jalen Hurts really runs a lot more than than he's throwing the ball. He's not really this gunslinger. I think if if AJ Brown was in Tampa and Tom Brady's throwing to him, he maybe even be breaking the top ten here, right? So I think our quarterback situation has a lot to go with that. Andrew, what are your thoughts? I would have agreed with you entirely if we had this conversation about a month and a half, two months ago. Um, and Devin, that was a really good point about AJ Brown mm-hmm. kind of being in a similar situation before on a run first team. I'd I'd never even made that connection. And Ryan Tannehill always kind of reminded me a little bit of like, I'm like, if Jalen Hurts becomes Ryan Tannehill, am I am I satisfied? He's completely mediocre, but could he get the job done? Maybe. Um, I think that my my opinion of AJ Brown, uh, at least fantasy wise, has definitely um, he's moved up my board. And a lot of that has come from watching the open practice or just hearing about um, the connection that him and Hurts both have. Uh, I think the reason that he's higher in standard than he is in PPR is because he's definitely a touchdown threat. And that's something that'll get you a little bit of a higher ranking in, in standard formats. Uh, however, I think, you know, to, again, to Devin's point about the quick throws, I can see the Eagles being a little bit more of a pass heavy team this year because they actually have talent and because teams might be respecting the run. So I think that there's just like very high ceilings for, for AJ Brown and Jalen hurts, obviously. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna say that closer to ten is actually a little bit accurate, despite how I I, I thought he would be much lower um, in my mind uh, a month yeah. ago. Real quick, so the Eagles last year were second in their in screen rate overall, which I think going back really quick to Kenneth Gainwell, why he is such a good option as a pass catching back because of those short throws. So I definitely think that's where. That's where it's going. Well, let's 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 bring that to the next receiver on the list because obviously AJ is not the only the only target we have. Uh, obviously, number six in his second year, Devontae Smith. He's the guy that I picture as being the perfect recipient of those screen passes because he's elusive, he's slippery. Um, however, his his fantasy rankings to this point do not suggest that he is. Uh, there's a lot to be seen. I guess we'll, we'll put it that way. Uh, Yahoo has him at number 39. ESPN has him in 30 at 33 standard versus 36 PPR. Uh, so like right around that wide receiver three territory uh, and fantasy pros 37 and 38. So, um, you know, right now he's being viewed as a, as a wide receiver three, a flex option. He's definitely a guy that I, the ceiling is definitely there. So when you're getting a little bit deeper in the draft and you're looking for bench players or your last wide receiver, Heck yeah, take a shot on him because he has all the makings of being a very high upside player. Um, so let's start off with I'll, I'll kick this back to Devin. You, I, you know, Devonte Smith is is definitely, uh, you know, kind of a questionable fantasy starter at this point in time. Do you think that it's going to stay that way, or do you think that he is just being drafted at incredible value? I don't see it staying that way. I. I'm I'm not a big fan, if I'm going to be honest. I think if he was on a different team with a different quarterback, Hurts does not have the arm to throw to Smith. 
and I think he came in and and wanted those long balls and just wasn't getting him and he kind of just fizzled out and unfortunately I don't see that changing not with with AJ Brown on the field what about you Brian I think to kind of tie in her point and yours Andrew I think that Devontae will be more of the screen guy for that reason AJ Brown is so big, so all the deep balls and all the middle of the field balls are going to go to AJ. Where Devonta, being so small, he isn't getting those deep throws because I mean, Hertz missed him so often just because he would either run too far or Hertz would overthrow him, which I mean was rare, but happened. Um, I just feel like if you're targeting AJ deeper, that makes more sense for how this team's makeup is going to go. Uh, I also think that how you said, <clears throat> Andrew that a wide receiver three is where, you know, Smitty's being drafted now. I don't know that I see him that much higher than that. Just because there's so many good weapons in the league that as much as I love Devonta Smith, he's again now going to take a backseat to AJ a little bit. Dallas Goddard is still on this team. We're going to use our backs. And as much as we think Devonta Smith is, you know, maybe eventually going to be elite, who knows? But for right now, I'm not sure I would take him higher than a wide receiver three. Like, I want at least two, if not three, stud receivers on my team before I would even consider drafting Devonta Smith. All right, so I'm going to break the mold here and disagree with all of you. I think we have to pay respect to the other people that are going to be on the field here. So we have an elite O-line. We have the number fifth overall ranked quarterback that is also a threat on his legs with a almost top 10 wide receiver. And we're going to get to Dallas, who's ranked under 10 in, in tight ends. Stop. So, like, no one's going to pay attention to those other guys. Somebody's going to have to remain open. Then you have another speed throw with Quez Watkins and Jalen Rieger there. And you're not going to get the ball to your to 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 Devontis. I I think that it's fine value where it is. Truthfully, I think you have to look at the entire picture and pay respect to the entire team. I think more teams are going to be more inclined to double AJ Quez is going to take them deep or Rager's going to take them deep. And that's going to leave Smitty open regardless if he's throwing deep balls or not to him, it's going to leave him open in the middle of the field. You're going to have to respect every single aspect of the Eagles game. Even if we have these small undersized um, running backs as well with that, with that O line, I just think that teams aren't going to know what to do when we come out. RPOs are going to be dangerous this year and teams are going to have to respect it. So I like, Devonta Smith as a wide receiver two, higher end wide receiver two. Maybe if you're a degenerate like me picking 12th overall, um, you know, like that first uh, or, or or getting into there. But I think that I think that it's pretty good value. If anything, I'd maybe even knock him down a little bit and get him into the top 32. What are your thoughts? Uh, Andrew, did you already say your yeah, thoughts? I, I think I just I, I don't know. It, it's tough. Like when when there's teams that just have a lot of mouths to feed like the Eagles do. And, uh, you know, we'll get into Dallas Goddard next, because actually my question is, is like, if you had the choice between Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard, who who would you take? Like who? I guess in one regard, like who do you think is going to have the overall better fantasy season? But then it's also, I guess, like at the point of the draft, is it worth taking Dallas Goddard over the other tight ends available? Uh, you know, in comparison to taking Devonte Smith in in comparison to the other wide receivers, I tend to think that Dallas Goddard's going to have a better fantasy season than Devonte Smith. Uh, I think that. He and Hertz already, well, you know, I know that Devontae Smith and Hertz already established the rapport last year as well, but it, it seems like, especially during this offseason, that Goddard has been the most consistent playmaker uh, week to week. 
constantly hear his name. Um, I think that not having Ertz there from the very beginning of the season, he should have a very strong season. He's a, he's a good, uh, good red zone target. Uh, uh, all right. Well, let, let's get into Dallas Goddard then. So you say that Dallas Goddard's going to have a better fantasy season than Devonta Smith. Well, of course he is. He's ranked seventh overall in tight ends. Like that is like, that is a, a first tight end pick that you're, that you're going to. Now I know what you're saying. Devonta Smith is going to be on the field same time. Cause you usually play two wide receivers in fantasy. Right. But but there's only there, there's a very 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 select handful of tight ends that you really interject. see a ton of. Yeah, it. yeah. Go Let ahead. me interject for one sec because uh, uh, Brian was kind enough to hit me with uh with with some old numbers from back in July. So as at July 10th, uh, Devonte Smith's average draft position, his ADP was 81.8, and Dallas Goddard was 82.2. They were literally being drafted a pick apart. So. Right. That's where it's at that point. Are you okay waiting on a different tight end? Like, do you want to wait another round for uh, Dawson Knox? Or you know, I don't know. I I just I feel like Goddard will give you the most consistent week to week production, especially at a position where it's a little bit tougher to guarantee production. But those stats don't tell the story. Zach Ertz was the tight end one heading into that season. Then he got traded to Arizona, and Dallas Goddard was not the well, I guess he was considered the main guy, but there's a ton of there's a ton of risk with that, right? So we didn't know who Dallas Goddard was until he started showing some flashes, really like halfway through the season last year. So I think that 81, 82 pick, uh, in comparison to Devonta Smith, who was a rookie that we didn't really know too much about, is is fair. I think Dallas Goddard's in, incredible on there, but to say that before the first game of last year that they were picked around the same. Is really for not because he didn't really have no, much to no, go no, no, no. Back in July, back July tenth, July. Oh, so okay. a month and a half ago, they were both their ADP was like one pick apart. Correct. And now it's changed. You didn't give those numbers. Oh, so and now it's changed them- where Dallas Goddard is going. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Uh, That's okay. Goddard is going seventy fourth uh, compared to Smith, who's fallen to eighty sixth. So now he's Goddard's going twelve picks ahead of Smith. I think that I think that numbers wise, these players might end up with close to the same things. The reason it's not fair to compare them is because Dallas could be the number four tight end. Smitty's not going to come close to that. So that they might end up having the same amount of points while they both be beneficial to your fantasy team, cool. But I don't see Devonta Smith being more than a wide receiver three where, I mean, I have Dallas Goddard as my tight end four five. So so, so to that point, though, so in fantasy, if you're starting three receivers compared to one tight end, obviously the the, the ranking – is a little bit different. So I can understand like looking at a number seven tight end versus the number 36. But when you're starting multiple of receivers and you're only starting one tight end, it, it, it kind of changes that, you know, that math a little bit. In, in a 12 person league though, there's only like six or seven elite tight ends that you want to get. Not everyone's going to have an elite tight end on there. I mean, outside of, you know, Kelsey Andrews, Goddard, no yak, Zach. I mean, really who else, <laughs> who else do you really have? So I don't I, like Ertz. Yeah, no, I mean, but, he's you got Waller. You I don't got know, Waller, man. you got uh, I've had, I've had, I've had, a big had, year. Well, he could have a big year. You got Marcus Mariota, who's, I mean. <laughs> he hit him He hit him with a 52-yard dime in preseason, and everybody's eyes lit yeah. up. Yeah, well, so Reed, we'll Sinet, Reed Sinet threw to uh, Devin Allen in preseason, and none of those guys are even on the team anymore. Well, so of course not. Yeah, talk about preseason. You know, we can, we can just, talk about that all we want. <laughs> Hey, Marcus Mariota made Delaney Walker look like a stud. So I'm just saying there are things that could happen. 
Yeah. I think Marcus Mariota is garbage, but They're I do waiting. think that Kyle Pitts is the top three tight end. All right, so let, let, let's wrap it up. Dallas Goddard at seven. I think that's actually ranked too low. I think he's Agreed. easily a top five tight end when it comes to fantasy. Um, even I still think my early argument about coming into this season last year is, is, is still valid, but I also think that tight ends are ranked a little bit differently in, in, in fantasy because if you really don't have a Kelsey or a Goddard or some of those guys, like your tight end position in many cases isn't very important. You're drafting, you know, your middle of the road, no offense and, and, and people like that, right? So in, in my opinion, I still think it holds true, but I think it's actually too low. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, I, I could totally see Dallas Goddard. Like, for example, right now, George Kittle's ranked as the number four tight end. I could see Goddard finishing ahead of Kittle. Uh, Darren Waller, I think, is probably still ahead of, of, of Goddard. But, yeah, I mean, right now, Goddard's in this cluster with uh, Dalton Schultz, which I know how you feel about your Dallas guys. And um, But that, a lot of that's because Amari Cooper isn't there this year and TJ Hawkinson. So, you know, Hawkinson's had a solid career to date. What's this, his third or fourth year? Um so, but, but you were exactly right. Like once you get past Hawkinson, you're, it's kind of just a crapshoot. It's like, there's, what's the difference between Mike Gesicki and, and Pat Fryermuth and Pat Fryermuth. Oh, yeah, I, I, mean, I don't get me started. I love me some Muth. I, I like him too. The man. I, like I, him just, too. I just pulled a random name out of, out I of love my head. it. Devin, what are your thoughts on, on Goddard here? And then Brian, let's be, be quick about it. Uh, I love him. I think yeah. if you're, if you're looking at, tight ends as a whole position the elite class of them is so small that if you're not grabbing one of those especially when there's someone like uh smith on the team who will statistically be so close in numbers to me it's foolish to take the lower end second or third receiver as opposed to the number realistically second third fourth tight end for sure yeah, Agreed. I hear that. Brian, what are your thoughts? No, I completely agree, especially with tight end. Obviously, Kelsey's going like late first, early second. You can get Mark Andrews at the end of the second and pitch in the third. But then other than that, I, I would never draft Waller or Kittle in the fourth, fifth, possibly even sixth. I feel like I like Goddard better than both of those guys, you know, just because of how Kittle with the, you know, what's Trey Lance going to do? Is he just going to run all over and not be able to throw? And then Waller with his health and you know, was he a hold in looking for the contract that he just got? We'll have to see with all that nonsense. But I just I like Goddard better than both those guys, and I do think there's a significant drop off after. Yeah, no, I think we have a real gem in Dallas Goddard. Excited to too. see how well his career has been going and and everything. All right, last thing: some people don't take defense too much into account for their draft. I have been plagued by having crap defenses in the past, so I tend to take my defenses early, and I tend to take LA because of Aaron Donald. And what that team is doing, I think Buffalo's ranked one overall. There's a lot of hype with Buffalo this year. I'm I'm a little surprised, man. But you know that that's for a different segment. They have us ranked at twelve, according to Yahoo, ESPN, and Fantasy Pros have us at seventeen. I'll kick us off here. Um, there's so many new players coming in. I just don't know how everyone's going to play together. I think on paper everyone looks great. I think 12, 15, you know, where, wherever that is, is is fair. Um, I wouldn't be picking the Eagles at 12 here. I, I remember when we thought we had a pretty decent defense last year and Tom Brady's completing 80% of his passes and just ripping us apart like Swiss cheese. So um, I, I just, I don't know if it's the coaching, the schemes, this whole bend don't break mentality. 
you know, the prospects of us being close to a top 10 defense is exciting. Defenses win championships, but we'll see. I'm really undecided. I have no opinion on this. I'm now I'm not taking the Eagles defense in any fantasy draft. Uh, Fi, what do you think? Uh, I completely agree. The Eagles are not draftable to me. However, yeah. I, I think they'll be fun to watch all year, and I think they'll Agreed. continue to get better. Again, just because you don't draft them does not mean they're not going to be on your team, whether they're a bye week filler or somebody you look at later in the year. Uh, you know, our, our schedule at the beginning of the year is cake. So let's see them come out and prove themselves beforehand. The fact that the Rams are one, or I think that's what you said, and the fact that you drafted them, hopefully you waited until like the last two, three rounds to draft them because you don't ever take defenses early. It's a waste of a pick. <laughs> but that's true. And, I mean, Buffalo was so good last year, and now they added Von Miller. So, you know, they they, they are going to be very good as well. I mean, they're probably going to win the AFC. But I, I think that the Eagles are, you know, a fun defense to watch. The Ben don't break thing is for sure how they play. And I yeah. just, I'm absolutely not drafting the Eagles. Yeah. Devin and then Andrew take us home. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, excited to see what they look like. Um, but it, I, it, you just don't need to draft a defense that early. Any defense. Yeah. You know, watch the matchups, watch the strength of schedules and stream. <laughs> Love it. I am like so into the Eagles defense this year. <laughs> I think I think the big pick, the, the big trade today, uh, being able to trade for um, Chauncey Gardner Johnson to to get a legit starter starting safety. And like, I, I really feel like that was the only hole in their defense before, because not only have they upgraded at every position, but they've also they have more depth at all those positions. They finally have a a legit edge rusher like Hassan Reddick. I think a, a big thing that hurt the Eagles was that they just did not sack the quarterback last year. And then like seeing Tom Brady pick us apart, I think had a lot to do with how Gannon kind of ran our defense. He knew that he didn't have the personnel. So everything was just like playoff, don't get beat over the top, but we'll just let them keep, you know, checking down and catching short passes. So like now we have personnel. We have a rotation of defensive linemen that are all monsters of humans. We have improved linebackers and actually depth at linebacker. And we have the probably the best cornerback duo that we've had. So I know I went on a bit of a tangent. I'm kind of all in on the Eagles defense. I, I, I wouldn't say I would draft them like first or second off the board. But if I'm like the sixth or seventh team to take a defense, heck yeah, I'll take a flyer. You know, we play the Lions week one. I feel like we have a kind of not too difficult that you know jacksonville week two dude let's go let's let's do it like i'm i'm all first, about it the first four weeks are cake for the birds yeah cake. yeah and that's well a big, i mean yeah the vikings is the home opener monday night week two so lion lions vikings commanders jags so i mean they're the vikings are good but the other three teams are garbage so i i as much as, interesting. I, as much as I don't like the Vikings, I think they're a sleeper team this year. You're going to hear me say that a I, bunch this season. No, I, think, I, I agree. I think that – I'm not saying they're going to win a Super Bowl, but I think they're going to shock a lot of people this year, and I hate to say it. All right, Andrew, close us out. Brian, Devin, thank you again. Make sure everyone out there, you go check out the Neutral Zone Infraction podcast. Make sure you check out their Facebook. We will definitely share all that information. Thank you, everyone, for winging it with us. This has been great. We finally have a, 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 a completed Eagles roster. We finally, you know, we have a lot of good fantasy advice for the people. And I'm really excited to just, week one is almost here, boys and girls. So, like, bring it on. We're almost there. September 8th? 
I don't know if that's like the first overall game or our first I think game. That, I think that's Thursday. I think September, you're right. Yeah. So it's that's two weeks from this. Yeah. No, it's one week from a this week Thursday. from from Thursday oh, starts man, the oh, NFL man. season. So oh, we're there, man. baby. So let's excited. get weird. <sighs> let's get weird indeed. So everyone, be a good time. Thank you for listening. Much love. Peace. See you next week.